With great reluctance, Yamamoto yielded to the will of his emperor and devised one of the most daring and original ideas in modern military history. His plan? To sneak up on the American fleet at Pearl Harbor with his aircraft carriers and sink it with carrier-based torpedo planes. He wrote to a friend, Now that things have come to this pass, I'll throw everything I have into the fight. I expect to die in battle. By that time, I imagine, Imperial Tokyo will have been set on fire and Japan reduced to a pitiful state. I don't like it, but there's no going back now. Yamamoto told Prince Kanoya on the eve of World War II, if we attack the United States, I will run wild across the Pacific for six months. But if the war lasts two or three years, there's no way we can win. December 7, 1941, the conflict between Japan and the United States that had been brewing ever since Theodore Roosevelt ordered Admiral Dewey to take the Philippines broke out into open war, a war whose results still affect us today. Six of Japan's large aircraft carriers had reached Hawaii's waters without being detected, just as Admiral Yamamoto had planned. And their airplanes bombed and torpedoed the U.S. Pacific Fleet. was devastating. The American fleet was decimated, and overnight, Admiral Yamamoto became Japan's greatest hero. When the Japanese bombed Pearl Harbor, they won their war. Japanese came in, and they destroyed the American battle fleet in the Pacific. Now, the Japanese were very much like the American battleship admirals in that they believed that the battleship was the equation not only of naval power, but of national power. But in one crucial sense, Yamamoto could not have predicted Japan's attack on Pearl Harbor failed. Although it destroyed or damaged 18 ships, it failed to take out a single one of America's aircraft carriers, all of which were at sea. The sailors on the returning carriers were met with the horrifying sight of what the Japanese carrier aircraft had done to the once mighty American battleship fleet. Well, hello there. I tend to follow my instincts, but it's really not just my instincts. You know, it's that inner voice, the voice of our creator that I hear. That's why I work in silence. And 
very little of this comes from me because remember, I'm just a stupid American, so <laughs> I couldn't have learned this stuff from the educational system here. So I keep having this feeling about Pearl Harbor. And I just want to express a few things about Pearl Harbor. And it gives me the perfect example because I keep talking about them being one-trick ponies and the fact that they like to signal to us about things that they have coming ahead. And then they, when, they, when that thing coming ahead happens, it is always a surprise, surprise, surprise. And what better example of a sneak surprise attack than Pearl Harbor? Now, we all know it's fake, so I'm not going to over-engage any of the details. The clip at the beginning and the clip I will play you at the end summarize that. But what I want to add are a couple of little comments. Um, <laughs> um, it was funny in the... I, I think the clip at the end will talk about the planes that were at Pearl Harbor. Funny how they had all those planes out of the area, right? What were those ships they sank? Ones that they wanted to collect the insurance on because they were getting ready to pull them out of service? <laughs> yeah, funny how all this happens, right? They got their Hollywood guy, that Ford guy that I was talking about a couple of shows ago. He was on location to be able to take the pictures. And, you know, they moved into action. They locked down the island, declared martial law. You think any of this won't happen soon? I would suggest that keep moving every day. Do not put off for tomorrow, which you could accomplish today, because there's got to be a lot of fun for them in the evilness of a sneak attack. And I just have this sneaky feeling myself that that's what's going to happen here, okay? They're in a corner. <laughs> they, ever since Weimar, Germany, when they blew up that place with their fiat money, well, they're back at it again, but the lies have gotten bigger. And remember, I think a lot of to cover of Weimar was either World War One or World War Two. I'm a little foggy right now. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that Weimar, they're here, the same people. And um, look at what they did at Weimar. After they blew through the fiat money there, they declared war, okay? What did they do here? Um, they couldn't get the public to go along with the war because of the Great Depression and many other things in their path. So what did they do? Rile the troops against the Japanese. Stage a fake bombing at Pearl Harbor. Yeah. And what I found was really interesting was that, <laughs> I don't remember which clip it was, but <laughs> um, FDR, remember he was in that fake wheelchair. Um, <laughs> I think it was a, I hope it was a fake wheelchair because otherwise, it, even for a psychopath, even though he's a psychopath, I still wouldn't laugh about somebody in a wheelchair that was really there, okay? But they do give themselves all kinds of neurological diseases with those hormones. So whether he's in a wheelchair or not is up for debate, okay? But what I found amazing was that before FDR, <laughs> before the news even got wind of, um, Pearl Harbor, FDR had hopped out of that fake wheelchair and grabbed the microphone really before anybody really knew. So yeah, so uh, I don't know. 
I don't know what else to tell you because if you don't think any of this stuff is staged, but let me tell you one thing here. Um, the U.S., um, the last time the United States formally declared war using specific terminology on any nation was in 1942 when war was declared against Axis allied Hungary, Bulgaria, and Romania. Gee, those sounds like gypsy headquarters, don't they? <laughs> because Franklin, because President Franklin Roosevelt thought it was improper to engage in hostilities against a country without a formal declaration of war. He thought it was improper. Well, that loophole is gone because I think they did rig up some laws to say that the president just couldn't go rogue and declare war on his own. He needed Congress. But, you know, they took that away with the Patriot Act and, um, you know, 9-11. And that was another thing. Wars tend to be something that they use to clean up a lot of their rubbish, right? They did it in Weimar, right? Well, two days before 9-11, I think it was two days, maybe it was three, before 9-11 um, hit, Cheney or one of those freaks admitted that the Pentagon or the Department of Defense, one of those maniacs, was missing like trillions of dollars. And then a couple of days later, 9-11 hits, and then everybody's memories go out the door. So yeah, um, so they do have the power right now to instantaneously <laughs> declare war. So it's, then it goes on to say, since then, every American president has used military force without a declaration of war since 1942. Yeah, I think they're up to something. And um, I think that, uh, let me tell you this. Um, yeah. I'm not going to go into any of the history. I have some of the history here, but really those two clips will tell you what you need to know. It's, it's all been made up, but, you know, use your brains. Think about, get silence in your life. And please don't put off today what you can accomplish tomorrow. You know, if you just invest a few dollars every day in rice and beans, you will be surprised. You will be surprised um, how much it will add up and how much you'll be able to help yourself and the most vulnerable. So, be thinking of what you're going to need, and really, I don't know what to say, except that be safe out there, and uh, let's just keep talking. Goodbye for now. Hello, NBC. Hello, NBC. This is KGU in Honolulu, Hawaii. I am speaking from the roof of the Advertiser Publishing Company building. We have witnessed this morning the distant